us. Now I'm going to pray so we can get into that to Amen. today's teaching. Amen. Amen. Most gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with yes, much thanksgiving. Thank you, we thank you that you're so gracious, you're yes, so kind, Lord. and you're so mindful of us. Lord, we thank you for all of our covenant partners and our friends and visitors this morning. And we just thank you for your spirit resting, ruling, and abiding over all of us. You said that anytime we could see, hear, and understand that we would be converted and healed. And so we pray that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that we would know mm, through mm. revelation this glorious hope to which you have been called us to. We pray that as we are walking through this name of God. It won't just be information, but it will become revelation and it will absolutely change how we engage with you and how we live in this world. We thank you that you have made provision available for us. You are not withholding any good thing and that you love us more than we could ever imagine. Now give us a heart to desire to please you. Give us a heart to desire to walk before you yes. and to do the things that are pleasing and upright in your sight. Absolutely. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, as many of you know, uh, we've been uh, talking uh, at least every other week <laughs> for the last several weeks uh, from the series. What's in a name? What's in a name? And what we're doing is we are uh, taking a journey together and we are walking through uh, some of the names of God. We know that uh, God is kind of a generic term that we use when we use it. We're talking about uh, the most high God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, when, we, when, when we say that, we say that because we know that there are uh, many things that people can make of gods, but we're talking about uh, the God of, of, the, of, of our Bible, right? The God who uh, is the father of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, and as a result, we started getting into these names and really <laughs> looking at uh, what is contained in that name. And uh, two weeks ago, we started talking about the name El Shaddai. Uh, we started talking about what that name means, what it contains. And so what I want to do is I just want to recap uh, real quick uh, what we talked about it, the first time we started talking about mm -hmm. what's in a name. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I want to begin with Psalms 119. I want to begin with Psalms 119 because I think it really teaches us why we need this teaching. Amen. Uh, I, I think this scripture is, is why we needed last week's teaching. Uh, and, and I think anytime that we really want to get to know God more intimately, this is a scripture we can refer back to. And here's what it says. It says, when your words are unveiled, light shines forth. So in other words, he's saying, hey, the psalmist is saying, whenever, God, whenever your word shows up, whatever used to be hidden now becomes alive. That's I can beautiful. see it. It says they bring understanding to the simple. Uh, that's the voice translation. I like it in the Amplified translation because in the Amplified translation, it says it like this. It says the unfolding, it says the interest and unfolding of your words give light. The unfolding gives understanding. What is understanding? It is discernment and comprehension to the simple. Yeah. And so I love it because it's like, okay, uh, you know, people be like, well, I've never heard the name El Shaddai. It's okay. You can literally hear the name today, hear what it means and go, wait a minute. God's my El Shaddai. And once you begin to realize that he is your El Shaddai, then everything contained in that name now becomes something you can hold on to. Amen. It becomes something that's a part of your life. And so the first week we talked about this, we gave you basically three key points. And so let me just share those real, real quick. We had three key takeaways. Number one, we said that our knowledge about God will impact our faith in God, 
which will impact our manifestation. Again, that's God's word giving us light, revelation. The second thing we said was that our knowledge of God can grow if we will be intentional about learning more and more about who he is. So I may not know about El Shaddai today, but I'm going to hang in this broadcast and not get distracted and not worry about what's on TV and what's going around me. And I'm going to find out about El Shaddai so I can have some El Shaddai in my life. Amen. <laughs> and then Amen. the third thing we said was that the name of Jesus, praise God, that it contains all of the names, all the characteristics and all of the power of God. And that we need to know what's in his name. And so that's why sometimes we talk about it. We laugh and we joke. We say, hey, when you get in a pinch, sometimes you don't know what to do. We just say Jesus. Amen. Because, because I, I might not have time to go through the Rolodex of the names that I need for that specific uh, occurrence. But Jesus's name contains all of those names. And so we want to share those names with you and get you to the point where you understand them. But never forget to call on Jesus. Amen. And listen, I forgot to ask you guys to do this, but it's time for some social media outreach. Mm. You ought to be sharing this broadcast, putting it on your story, putting it in the groups that you are in. And then while you're doing that, come on, let's call on the name that is above all Amen. names. Jesus. Somebody call on the name of Jesus. Yes. Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Yes. We just bless the name of Jesus. Absolutely. We praise so you, Father. We just, I mean, I just want Jesus, to see his name you. in the comments. Yes. Jesus, we are not ashamed of the name of Jesus. It, his name is great and mighty and powerful. And his name and contains all yes. of the names of God, yes. all of the characteristics of God and all of the power of God. And it was God's good pleasure, good pleasure. to put it all in Jesus and and for Jesus to come here so we would know who God is and we would know who we are. Absolutely. That is so good, Absolutely. right? So then part two, we begin to talk about El Shaddai. Mm. What does El Shaddai mean? El Shaddai is the all-sufficient sustainer. Mm -hmm. Come on and say this. He is my sustainer. He is my he sustainer. He is my sustainer. He is my sustainer. While we thank God for jobs mm -hmm. and we thank God for um. um owning business and we thank God for spouses that provide. He is our sustainer. Is. And if we remember, if you think about it months ago, we said God is the source and everything else is a resource. This is just tying us back to that, that God is the source and he may use a multiplicity of resources, but he is our source. He is our sustainer. And when you see it in an English Bible, it typically means God Almighty, the Almighty or Almighty mm -hmm. God. So if you ever pray, and typically when I pray a lot, I say God Almighty or Father God Almighty. When, you, when I say that, I'm really saying God, my sustainer. God, whatever I need, you are it. And we talked about how the Hebrew word die, Shaddai, it means it sheds forth pours out or to heap benefits. Mm -hmm. It suggests provision, sustenance, and blessing. Therefore, God is the all-sufficient, all-bountiful L. Anytime you see L, capital E-L, it represents the almighty God, mm -hmm. right? So God is the all-sufficient, all-bountiful L. 
right? And then the Hebrew word shad, it means many breasted one, right? It signifies the one who nourishes, yeah. the one who supplies, and the one who satisfies. Yes. So wait a minute, the la the first part of the name die, or the last part of the name and how we read it, it means provision, sustenance, and blessings. And then the first part, shad, it means that he is the one who nourishes, yes. supplies, and satisfies. Yes. So he is the one, the all-sufficient, all-bountiful ale. He is the one who nourishes, supplies, satisfies us with provision, sustenance, and blessings. Yep. That is our God. Amen. And then the Hebrew word shaddai, it means to overpower or destroy, which suggests absolute power. Say, my God has absolute power. My God. My God absolute has absolute power. power. That's why um, Kate Jordan, we were cleaning, doing Sunday, Saturday morning cleaning yesterday, and Jordan said, I want to hear the song when Jesus says mm -hmm. yes. That's when you, when you hear about a song that says when Jesus says yes, it's basically saying, the moment Jesus says something is available to you, the moment you have a revelation of healing, the moment you have a revelation of provision, the moment you have a revelation of salvation yes. or being with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he is absolute power. That means that once you decide to agree with God, you cannot be stopped. You know, two weeks ago when we when we talked about this, I went back. And I was just reading my Bible and was doing one of the devotions. And one of the devotions was about the time uh, that Jesus uh, had the prophet to go by the brook. And, he, and, and, and a, the raven sustained him. And I was thinking, oh, even in that, it was still God, El Shaddai, sustaining him. Oh, absolutely. It, the raven was just the method. Absolutely. And then I was thinking about when he, when he sent the man of God to the widow woman's house. We, we tell that story like the widow woman sustained him and blah, blah, blah. And she did, but she was just a tool used by El Shaddai. And so, you know, I think about our jobs. I think about our investments. I think about all the things we want to do to set our family's generation up and to be a blessing to other people. But God is the foundation that he's the one sustaining that. And so I just kept saying that over and over and over and over uh, for the last week or so that God is my sustainer. God, it means all he, he's God Almighty. Because I, I hear you pray and I hear you say that a lot. God Almighty, He is our sustainer. I listen, I just think you ought to say it three times. Get it in your heart. God is my sustainer. 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 And I love it because we talked about how when God introduces himself, mm -hmm. he doesn't say to the Israelites, I'm the only God. Right. He says, I'm the only God you need. I'm the almighty I'm God. I'm the almighty the God almighty. that you need. And he really comes to a people who are used to having multiple gods and begins to say to them, I know that they've taught you, you need a God when you need water. You need a God when you need sunshine. You need a God for your crops. <laughs> but no, I am the almighty yeah, God. Yeah. And if you have me, and there was one quote that we had last week or two weeks ago that said that this is what God essentially said to his people. Even if other people need magic and other gods, mm -hmm. you don't. Yep. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't need nobody else but God. Nobody but God. I don't need anybody else but God. Are we saying you don't need people? Absolutely not. We're saying God is so good at being sustainer that if he says no, God will raise up somebody else that says yes. Because if God says yes, nobody else is no matter. Nobody else is no matter. Come on. Glory to God. So we begin to talk about these four things that we wanted to share with you guys about what you need to understand about the name El Shaddai. Mm -hmm. 
El Shaddai indicates that we have a covenant relationship that causes multiplication. Because he is the multi-breasted one. In yes. other words, we will never run out of nourishment. We will never run out of nourishment. Why do you need to know that he's a covenant God that causes multiplication? Because if you don't know what's in a covenant, yeah. you can't get the benefits right, out of it. Right. I remember when your friend, your um used to be best friend before I replaced him, Keith Harper. <laughs> um, yes, I don't know if he's watching, but yes, that was shade. Um, that when Keith Harper um first started doing insurance mm -hmm. and he said to us, we had had some roof damage. Yeah. And he said to us, we had the power go out, some different stuff. Yeah. He said, be sure to read your policy. He said, because so many people leave things on the table that the insurance would compensate them for. Yeah. And we found out that there were these things that we thought we were going to have to pay for out of pocket that were included in our insurance yeah. policy. See, when you understand the covenant of your God, there are things you used to pay for out of pocket. There are things you used to scrimp and save and try to figure out and say, if you couldn't do it, it couldn't be done. But when you know the covenant of your God, it will change the way you live. And here's the power of covenant, right? Covenant is the only thing in which God has bound himself to. It's the only thing. The covenant that he made, he, he bound himself to it to the degree that he says, I would have to cease from being God in order to violate this covenant. So all we have to do is to understand what's inside that covenant. And then we understand what our rights and privileges are. I remember when Keith was telling us that those years ago, uh, it was this idea that if your power went off and you had like meat and different kind of things in your deep freezer, that literally your insurance will compensate you for that. That it wouldn't just because the power was off like several days or whatever it was. And it, it, was, it was, yeah, the bad, bad ice storm. And it was just, it was important. It wasn't about the meat in the freezer it was about making sure we understood not just was what was in our natural contracts but what's in our spiritual contract what are we leaving on the table spiritually because we are ignorant of it not ignorant meaning not knowing we don't know what's in that covenant and so god says listen here's my covenant and if you get involved with this covenant this covenant is going to call you to multiply and that's a wonderful covenant to be in well, and this is beautiful, and I just, you know, I got to say this, just it's just my law school kicking in, is that in the natural, if you and I have a contract, mm -hmm. and you breach that contract, mm -hmm. I'm no longer bound, bound to the contract right, in many right, times. Right, right, because I breached it. Because you, because you breached it, or I breached it, but in the kingdom, when God makes a covenant with us, we can breach the contract, the covenant, and yep. he won't break it. He just waits on us to come back to get what was already in it. You better hear the difference because in it. Because it's always his good pleasure yes. to give us the kingdom. In the natural, literally people break contracts yep. all the time. Sure. John didn't do his part. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm not going to yeah. do my part. That's right. What God and a court recognizes and a court that if I breach the contract, you don't have to do your part. That's right. But what God says is this: even if you don't keep your part, I won't take the covenant away. That's right. So the moment you recognize and do your part, you can That's come right. back That's and right. receive the covenant. That's how good our God That's is. Right. It really baffles our mind because in the natural. In, in the natural, we don't understand that kind of mm -hmm. faithfulness mm -hmm. and commitment to your word, yep. right? So it's like this. 
if I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior, right? But I, I decide to go out and live any kind of way. Yep. He doesn't take it from me nope. because I left. There are just some things I don't get because I'm away from home. Praise but God. the moment I come home, I get everything that everybody else got, which and, is and, and he's not, and he's not a he's not a a, a, a man that when you come back, you gotta now earn it all back again. No, when you come back. You leave, but when you come back, you are in just as right standing as it was before you left. No, and I love that because you know the prodigal son. Right. And I, I think this is so beautiful because the Bible says tells us something very important about mm -hmm. the prodigal son. It says he came to himself. Yes. He came to himself. He's in this pig pen. He doesn't have enough to eat. He said, I could go home and be a servant in my father's house and live better than and this. live better than this. I'm going to go home. So he gets up and he goes home. He, he took, right? he, he took an action he, step. He took he, he, he take an home. action step. That's he right. goes home. But when the father sees him, the father throws himself on him. The father says, Give this boy a coat that's fitting of this family. Can we talk about how the father saw him though? Because he went out every day looking for him. Well, can he, we? He, he never stopped looking. He kept looking for him. He had an expectation that, that he was going to come, come home. home. So when he came home, he was able to run to him and hug on him because he had an ex. God has an expectation for you to come home. God has an expectation for you to come home, and we do too. But can we talk about why the father was going every day? Yeah, sure. Because see, if you don't know Jewish history, then you may not know that back in the day, if a if a child dishonored their parent, that the, the city elders could stone that child. So literally when the father runs to meet the son and covers him, he is literally saying, I know he deserves death, but I'm going to cover him. And I want you to understand that that's what God did with Jesus. I know that they deserve eternal damnation because they went against me, but I'm going to cover them with the blood of Jesus. So then this son comes home and he comes home. He just want to be a servant. Yep. Baby, he probably just want a good meal. He like, I will work over just here. Just a little with rest He's just before he start rest. working. Yeah. He's going to work. And the father says, boy, put this boy coat back on so everybody knows he's my mm -hmm. son. Give him, him his ring, yes. which signifies authority. Mm -hmm. and, and because I need him to know he's my son, put him back. And that's why when you know God is your sustainer, because many of you, you're like, Pastor Sean, I haven't been a backslider, but you've been trying to manage your own provision. And if you would just come back and realize I'm so exhausted out here in this pig pen trying to figure it out myself, I'm going to go back to my father's house because if I go back to my father's house, put this in the comments, say in the father's house, there is provision for all. Yeah. And, and, it, and it may sound cliche, but the reality of it is the reason some folk haven't lost their mind is because God's been sustaining them. Absolutely. The reason some people haven't literally taken their own life is because God has been sustaining them. The enemy wants you to go down that path, but God is literally sustaining you. So don't look and say, oh, well, I don't have X. I don't have Y. I don't have Z. And say, well, God's not a sustainer. No, the reason you haven't lost your everlasting mind is because God's been a sustainer. Amen. That is so beautiful. So let's look at Genesis 17, 1 and 2. It says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk habitually before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence. What a good word right there. He says, I'm God Almighty. 
walk habitually before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence. This go help some of us this week because you're not going to cuss them people out because you're not in church because you go walk before the Lord habitually with integrity, knowing that you are always in his presence, yes. right? And that word, he says, and I will establish my covenant, my everlasting promise between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly mm. through your descendants. Yes. So one of the first things we get from El Shaddai is this covenant of multiplication. Say the covenant of multiplication is on my life. The covenant of multiplication, multiplication is on, on my, my life. life. Amen. 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 And the second point actually really goes right along with that because it talks about the blessings of fruitfulness. And when we think about fruitfulness, he was talking to his people about the number of descendants they would have. But this fruitfulness for us can be equated to the fact that we will live long life, that we will have health, we will have strength. You know, the Bible talks about how when they when they were serving the Lord, that they would get older, but their eyes wouldn't get dim. They wouldn't get weak and Amen. they wouldn't get feeble. That's Amen. Good. And so the Bible says in Genesis 28 and 3, it says in God Almighty, there it is, El Shaddai, bless thee, empower thee. It says, and make thee fruitful. And there's this word again, multiply thee, why? That thou mayest be a multitude of people. You know, it's not supposed to be that you have your entire lineage and everybody, all the males in your lineage are dying at 45 and 50 years old. That's, everybody's, uh, going uh, everybody's going to jail and being incarcerated or being murdered or being, uh, you know, dying at or some early age for some unforeseen reason. No, fruitfulness is about long life, but it's also about making sure that what we put our hands to when God has called us to put our hands to it, that it prospers. Amen. So that's why we need uh, believers in the entertainment industry. We need believers in the medical industry. We need believers in education. We need them in law. We need them in government. We need them in politics. We need believers in, 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 in the financial realm. We need them in music and film. We need believers in every arena. Every arena needs to believe well, Why? Because they become fruitful in those arenas. I want to add this caveat. We need believers in those arenas who don't forget who they represent. Who they, it, right. We, we need believers who still walk before him habitually with integrity. Believers who are so convinced that he is the sustainer that they don't go there and then act like everybody else because the very first scripture you gave us today is that when the light comes, yep. that it gives instruction to the simple. So it's not just enough for us to get in these places. It's that when we get in these places, we ought to live different. We ought to be known by our integrity. We ought to be known by our creativity. We ought to be known by our excellence. And I was thinking about, because you used to say this all the time, that when we are excellent, right, that excellence will speak in our behalf and in our absence, right? And we ought to be known for looking like him and being excellent no matter where we are. Absolutely, because part of being fruitful is being excellent. Uh, El Shaddai empowers us to be fruitful and multiply so that we may be a multitude of people. What do I mean by a multitude of people? When you understand who El Shaddai is and you embrace who El Shaddai is in your life, it will cause you 
as I was saying, to be in those arenas, but then you'll want to find people in those arenas who don't know God. You'll want to introduce them to God, bring them into the kingdom so that God's family is continually expanding. He was talking to a natural people when we read that in, in the Old Testament, but, the, but the, the, the spirit of the letter is still the same. He wants his family increased. How do we increase the family of God? By introducing non-believers to God, to El Shaddai, the Almighty One. And we need to be doing that, again, in every single arena. El Shaddai blesses us and makes us fruitful. In other words, he's our sustainer. He multiplies us so that we are a multitude of people that will bless his name and do his will. Fruitful is to be productive. I love this. And, and to, to yield good results. I don't want to just I don't want to just have a bunch. Of I want to just multiply. I need to have kids and raise them kids. I need to raise them in the fear and the ammunition of the Lord. Right. And so I want to make sure that I'm being fruitful because I want to be productive and I want it to yield good results. So when we know who El Shaddai is, we know we have a covenant of multiplication and we know that there's the blessing of fruitfulness on our lives. This is so beautiful. Because I was just thinking about this. So what I hear you saying is that when I understand this about El Shaddai, it's going to get rid of scarcity for mm -hmm. me. Which means that when I get to be in a room, when I'm the first black, the first woman, the first whatever, I'm going to be looking around to see who else we can multiply in that yeah. room. I'm not going to be in that room trying to gatekeep that room and say nobody else can come in. Why? Because I don't believe that I'm the only one that's supposed to be in the room right. because I actually believe in multiplication and I believe in uh, fruitfulness. Yeah. That's so good. So not only will it impact my life, but it's going to impact other people's lives, the people that God is calling us to raise up and to train and I've watched you do that so many times with young educators because now you're not a young educator anymore right and I've watched you where you pull somebody to the side and said can I mentor you can I help you can I show you how to get into this arena can I show you how to do this because you don't believe that you being there that you're the only one that yeah. should be there right, right absolutely. so we want to take our place in the name of El Shaddai so that we can multiply bring other people in and yield good fruit not just us but them because right? god god's heart is about adding more it's about multiplying and so if i'm a believer my heart has to be about adding more believers if i'm in a place and i'm saying okay my I, I, my heart is to to increase my financial earnings then my heart ought to be to how do i teach other people to increase their financial earnings but like you said you have to first get rid of the scarcity mentality is on the inside of you first once you get rid of scarcity on the inside of you and you see everything as there being enough more than enough for everybody then you you never are concerned about helping someone else or bringing somebody into the kingdom or open a door for someone else Right. So we want to bring people into the kingdom. Yeah. Right. And then we want to help bring people and convert people in our individual mountains. Yes. So we want people to be born again. Absolutely. But we don't just want them to go to church. Right. We want the born again experience to transform how they live. So they then go out into their various mountains of education, entertainment, entrepreneurship, government, and they then represent him. And it gets us into number three why because we are a people who have a name and an inheritance Amen. we are a people who have a name and an inheritance and if you think about it we used that scripture last week where it says that we are not our parents invention yep. 
we have a name and an inheritance. And what is it in Genesis 35, 10 through 12? It says, and God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore, Jacob, but Israel shall thy name be. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. There yep, you see it I am again. El I am El Shaddai. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come from your loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give to you, and to thy seed after thee I will give the land. Now this is so beautiful. We have a name and we have an inheritance. And so what happens is when we begin to recognize that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, then what begins to happen is that there is a fruitfulness and a multiplication that should begin to come on our lives. It doesn't matter what our what our natural name is. It doesn't matter what our parents had or what they didn't have. Why? Because we begin to yeah. draw from the anointing of God that causes us to multiply and for, for be fruitful. We were just laughing about this I was, yesterday. I was, I was just going to we say this laughing. the other day. Okay, listen, this is so funny. So y'all, Pastor Edwin got up yesterday and it just so reminded me, Is this, was this anybody else's house growing up? He reminded me of my house growing up. First of all, he go, he's going to laugh, but I'm from a small town. And so my grandma would say we was going to town. So when Pastor Edwin is serious about running his errands, it's like going to town. And he is not going to be late fooling with you. And so we had some errands to run and we had to go to town. And so when we was <laughs> we going, live in town. whatever, we had to go to town. <laughs> and so we had to go to town and we had to run them anoint. I mean, run those errands and do all of that stuff. And then we had to come back home and then we had to clean up. And so we had the music going just like when we was kids and we was laughing. We was talking about how both we was cleaning up so hard. We was like, cause we both had grandmas that made us clean. And then we were talking about when you have, when, when you would go somewhere, what would your grandma say to you? Yeah, what because, would me because say I think to you? one of us was getting ready to go somewhere or something, and uh, and I don't remember if it was me or you, but somebody made the we reference. We was joking. We was joking, joking, but somebody made the reference about uh, behave yourself when you're out there in them streets. Right. And we was laughing because our grandmothers used to both tell both of us, "Hey, when you go out this house, you represent the name of this house." You know, so don't be out there acting a fool. Don't be doing stuff making my name look bad. And we was laughing. We was like that people used to really hold true to that. That 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 whatever you was doing, you thought about it because while you were out there, you were representing everybody in your family. You know, and so you know, we talk about that with, with our kids. Even we say, hey, you know, act like you got some sense when you go out there. When you go speak to when someone speak to people, look people in the eye, shake their hand, say yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, and no ma'am, and act like you got some sense because you represent us when you out there. And so we was laughing about that, uh, you know, just saying because I think I think I think you were leaving or something. I was joking with you or something. I was telling you don't be out there in them streets, you know, acting crazy because you represent. Camp Street or something like that. <laughs> but we well, represent a name. But I think about this. If as a born-again believer, if I really recognized that I had a name yep. and an inheritance, would I do the stuff I do at work? Would I do the stuff mm. I do when I'm driving in mm. my car? Oh, let, let's get better than that. Mm. Would I do what I do in the DM? Come on. Come would on. Would I do what I do sexting yep. with people? Would if if I really because I'm telling you this. Everybody knew you, Ola Johnson. <laughs> I felt like it wasn't any place in that town I could go, and somebody would not say to me, 
Are you you all the Johnson? And I used to hate when they say this. Now, do you think Miss Clay would, would like you acting oh like God. that? Oh my God! Do you do you think? Do you think? <laughs> now, do you think Miss Clay would appreciate do you, think, you doing that? Do you think Miss Yola? Do you think Miss Yola <laughs> would want you to do that? And it's so funny because our kids see that now. Kanan was at a basketball mm -hmm. game, and she said, "Why do everybody she said, know everybody you? everywhere I go? Somebody what? know y'all." <laughs> but do you know that everywhere you go, somebody knows your God? That's right. That's right. And so everywhere you know, somebody knows, everywhere you go, somebody knows your God. So whether you're in Walmart and you think you don't know anybody there or whether you out to dinner and you think that you don't know anybody there or whether you in the airport and you don't think anybody knows anybody there, somebody there knows your God. And somebody there knows that you should be living in a way that represents your, and I just want you to put in the comments, if you recognize from three, you got to do better this week. You, you got to do better this week. And we say all the time, there are things you would not say if you, and you know what, let me tell you something. I see people saying, um, people saying that they went away to college because people do they people name. <laughs> they went away to law. Let me tell you something. It is a blessing. I know Chandra is on here because she has talked about this. It is a blessing to come from a daddy with a good name. Yeah. It is a blessing to come from a mama with a good name. And it is a blessing to come from a God with a good name. Amen. And there is something about, and it's so interesting because it's, it's that, it's that immaturity in us that wants to go somewhere where our people's name isn't known. Right. But let me tell you something. When you know the name of your God and the inheritance, you're out here trying to do stuff by yourself, got to build from scratch. When if you would show up in the name that belongs to you, there would be doors that would open for you there would be supernatural favor because here's the thing the same people mm -hmm. who would correct us mm -hmm. would also give us the extra cinnamon roll yeah the same right. people who would correct us would also let us in after the store had closed. I'm going to let you in because Miss, I know Miss Yola <laughs> yeah, need this yeah, butter yeah, for tomorrow, yeah, right? Yeah. And what you need to understand is that you, even if you didn't come from a good name in the natural one, you come from a God with a good name and you can make sure your children come from a good name. That's right. That's right. You can, because what you see, here's the thing. People ought to be able to look at a believer and we don't like it when people do it, mm -hmm. but people ought to be able to look at us and say, now I know who your God is. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now I know, I, I know who your God is. Uh, I know who your God is. And because I know who your God is, I know that right there. That don't even belong to you, man. Yeah, right. That don't even belong to you, sir. The way you hollering and acting a fool up in here, the way you stressed out and anxious and acting ignorant, that don't even belong to you because I know who your God is. And I really wish we would get back to a people of God that we would want someone to say to us when we are out of character, not reflecting our name, the, our father's name, that we wouldn't want to be a people to say, I'm just human. Yeah. We wouldn't want to be a people that say, I love Jesus, but I curse a little. We would want to be a people that when you see me and I don't look like my God, you say something to me. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is this idea that, we need to protect the name that God has given us. Mm. We need to protect that name. I preached a message one time Come called. On, preacher. I preached a message one time called "Don't Advertise If You Can't Deliver." Yep. And the truth of the I matter is, the truth of the matter is, too many times we got people out here advertising that they are children of God and then not delivering on the behavior. They don't. They don't show up like children of God. 
And so it's important for us to remember that even in those heated moments, man, we represent the family of God. We represent the family of God. I got to protect this name. I got to protect this name. You look at some of the most famous families in the world. Now, they don't always do it right, but they go to extremes <laughs> to protect that name they, because that name represents who they are to the world. What we are believers, we need to make sure that we are protecting that the name Christian shouldn't be something that people hear and snicker about or they or, or you hear the word Christian and you automatically think hypocrisy. That should not be attached to our name. So you're right. Number three is that we have a name and we have it in the heritage. Yes. And then number four, we said that when you understand who El Shaddai is, the thing that it gives you is access to God's mercy. Genesis 43 and 14, it says, And God Almighty, El Shaddai, will give you mercy before the man that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I, and if I be, if I bereave of my children, I am bereaved. Listen, this word mercy, it simply means this. It means to have pity, tender compassion as a womb protects a fetus or to have tender love. God gives us mercy. He says, listen, El Shaddai shows you mercy. When you talked earlier about how we violate the covenant, right? And when you violate a contract in the natural, the, uh, you breach that contract, the other person has no right to uphold whatever is in that contract. But God keeps showing us mercy so that he keeps upholding his part of the contract even when we violate it. And that's not to say that we should go around violating the covenant. What it does say is that God is so loving that he extends this mercy toward us. And he models it for us, watch this, so that when we have opportunity to extend mercy and grace to others, we will do the same thing. You know, it's, it's interesting. You have to talk to your kids sometimes because your kids will sometimes want from you what they won't give to their brothers or sisters. Well, and then sometimes we will want something from someone else that we don't extend to someone else. And God says, I, and you know, you laugh and we joke sometimes when we're doing different things. You will say to me, well, model it for me. Well, model it for me. If it's the behavior I'm talking to you about, you go, well, model it for me. Well, you show me first. Well, that's what God is doing. He is showing us. He says, look. I don't be joking. <laughs> he says, I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> to. You thought I was joking? I think you missed it. I don't, I, I don't said, be joking. I'm going to oh, model okay. this behavior for you so that you can then extend that same behavior to somebody else. Why? Because we know, as we said earlier, that Jesus Christ is El Shaddai. So here's a stopping and thinking point. Are you a merciful person? Mm. I know you want to extend. Ex how many of you have received the mercy of God? Absolutely. How many of you have escaped something that you know you did not get the consequences that you should have gotten? How many of you got less consequences? Mm. How many of you know that based on the things that you have done, that you just shouldn't even be here today? Mm. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you merciful? Mm. Are you merciful? Because years ago, we used to say that the challenge for many of us is that when it's us, we want mercy. Yeah. When it's other people, we want them to get judgment. Yeah. Uh -huh. When it's us, when, when it happens, when it's We me, want them to okay, get justice. Here's a great example in marriage. When I say something wrong, I want you to know my heart. Mm -hmm. And I want you to consider my heart and give me a chance. But when you say something wrong, 
I want to throw the book at you. Now, that's not who we are anymore, but that used to be who we were, right? right? And many of us, we don't realize the magnitude of mercy we have received. And so we are so not merciful yeah. to other people while we're trying to get mercy from God. Absolutely. Right? And so we want to practice being a merciful people. And I want to hear you. being. I want to, because I know somebody just said it. Being merciful does not mean allowing yourself to be abused. No, it does not. Being merciful does not mean allowing yourself to be mistreated. Absolutely. But being merciful does mean that if I can look at myself and see that I've made a mistake, then surely I can conceive that you have also made a mistake. Mm -hmm. So let's be a merciful people. Let's be a merciful people. Right? Amen. And so now we want to just talk about these four things that God is completely sufficient for. Mm -hmm. El Shaddai is completely sufficient for these, I love that Maisie says, she says, as a parent, this is a whole word. Mm -hmm. And many times as parents, we literally expect our kids to have a maturity and an obedience that we don't have. Especially when it comes to how we behave toward, toward the things of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're like, how dare you not do what I said? God looking at us like, like, excuse me, excuse me. Is this is what we, we do? Is this what we do when we talk about <laughs> obedience today? And so I think it's so important that we just practice being merciful people. But here are the four things that God is completely sufficient for. Number one, our creation. Praise God. For Thank, that. You, Lord. Thank you, for Lord. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Thank God for Visible that. and invisible. Amen. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him, all things consist. And you know what this scripture immediately it. made me I think of it. in Isaiah, when it says, I know the Smith. Yes. This is why no weapon forms against. Cause them. we, quote, we quote the bottom part of that. Right. Scripture. Right. No, we quote no weapon formed against me shall, shall prosper. prosper. But the first part of that scripture, this scripture right here tells us God created everything. Tell your name and say, God created everything God created and everybody. Everything and God everybody. created everything and everything everybody. Everything and everybody. This is how, this is what a master chess yes. player is. So Satan gets this plan that he's going to overthrow God, right? And he is like, I'm going to take some angels and I'm going to take a people for myself. But the thing that he forgot about is that God created him, which means it's not a play that Satan can run that God doesn't know it already. Absolutely. So even when Satan thinks he's being creative, God already knows the play he's going to run. Yep. That's why he says to us, Edwin and Sean, if you will walk with me, if you will live upright, if you will do what I tell you to do, you don't have to be worried about the enemy because I created the smith that's creating the weapon. So even when he thinks he's getting an advantage over you, I still know more than he knows. That's right. Man, listen, if we would surrender to this and know that he is our, he is the creation, he is our creator, we would just be like, I just want to follow you wherever you go. Because if I follow you wherever you go, yes, it's some people over here that are plotting for me to go in this ditch. I'm going to step right over this ditch. Why? Because I'm following you where you yes, go. Yeah. You're going to try to keep me from getting a promotion. You're not going to be able to try to stop me. Why? It, it's going to look like you won, 
We watched this TikTok yep. the other day, and this TikTok was about how the devil had everybody gathered in hell, in hell and he was talking about uh, what how he wanted to thank himself for the master plan of killing Jesus, and then all of a sudden Jesus came in with that James Brown music, and as the Bible says that if they had known, they would not have crucified our Christ. That's how you know that in, even when Satan thinks he has the full playbook, he doesn't because God is the master play drafter. We just need to do all, everything he's telling yeah. us to do. And who better to sustain something than the creator? Right? Than the creator, and yes. And so we understand that El Shaddai yes. is, uh, is completely sufficient for, for the creation of the world and everything that is in it, which includes us. And so the second thing that we he is completely sufficient for Praise God. It's for our salvation. Listen, the Bible says that when you and I are born, that we are born of an incorruptible seed. And I put, yes, I stake my life on that. that yes. The word incorruptible means incapable of being corrupted. So when I am born again, nothing can do, nothing can undo that when I am in Christ. No, no devil can come get me, no dominion, no principality, no power. They can't come and snatch me out of, out of God's hands. Why? Because when I am born, I am born of an incorruptible seed. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10 through 12, it says, by which we are all sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It says, and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus Christ, the anointed one who carries the anointing with him, after he had offered one sacrifice, which was his body for our sins, forever he then sat down at the right hand of God. See, that's the reason that I'm so glad to know that I don't have to come to church every week trying to figure out what I'm going to offer up to God to get my salvation for the next week. I don't have to wonder about what am I going to sacrifice to wonder not whether or not this is going to be an acceptable sacrifice in order for my sins to be forgiven. The Bible says that literally what Adam got us into Jesus got us out of. Glory to God. It says literally Adam got us into sin. Jesus came. He died one time for everybody past, present, and future. And he got us out of all sin's debt. He paid the full price for it. And that would have been enough. But it wasn't just enough that he paid the price for our sins. But he paid the price for our sins. He went to hell and got the power that came along with Adam abdicated and got that power back and then came and said, all right, now here's the power too. So you're not just going to end up in heaven, but I'm giving you the power to recreate heaven while you are on this earth. Everywhere you go, every place your footsteps, everything your hand touches, I'm giving you the power to create heaven while you're here so that you can make this place the way it was supposed to be all the time. So he created us mm -hmm. in his image. In his likeness, absolutely. And then when we sin, yep. he sent salvation. Absolutely. So we could go back to his likeness. Yes. And then number three, he sanctifies, sanctifies us. us. He sanctifies us. That's right. So what does that mean? He works on us by the Holy Spirit until we look like that first image. That's what the Bible says. He sanctifies us 
holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, so that we can be sanctified completely and thoroughly. Why? So we can look like him. Yes, in the famous words of the great philosopher, Nigel Valley, <laughs> salvation, it is the complete salvation mm -hmm. and sanctification and redemption of people of the people of God. Yep. It is the total thing, not just our spirit. It is our spirit. It is our soul and it is our body. So three, he sanctified us. Tell your neighbor, say ain't nothing wrong with being sanctified. Ain't nothing wrong with being sanctified. Now I grew up, you know, I grew up across town. And so, you know, <laughs> we talk about the sanctified folks, but ain't nothing wrong with being sanctified. Ain't nothing wrong it's with being to be clean. sanctified means to be set apart. Mm -hmm. You want to be a, you, you, if you thought, and, and, and it's not just set apart. What are we set apart with? He sets us apart with the word. He washes us so that we, so, he, he ain't just, it ain't, God's not a, an elitist. He's not like, oh, I'm going to take my people over here and y'all stay over there. He's like, no, no, no. What, I, what I'm doing with this sanctification is I am washing you in the same way that you would wash a garment to get a stain out. My word is the soap. And he is literally washing us with his word. And when he washes us with this word, we become cleaner in our faults, in our mannerisms, in our behaviors, in everything we do. But it's not just through willpower. And I think that's what people miss sometimes. It's, I can't will my way into being better. The word of God has to get into my heart. And it's what causes me to become more representative of who he wants me to be. Because we... The Listen, that he might cleanse, mm -hmm. he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That's right. So my job is this, to spend time in the word. That's what we said. If you want to my, know more about God, you can. <laughs> my job is to spend time in the word. So he begins to wash away the mindsets that don't reflect him. Yes. He begins to wash away the desires that don't reflect him. The word is the soap and we allow the word to wash it out. So the more word we take in, what's going to happen is that he's undoing <laughs> yeah. that process in our soul. That, that, the, the, he's, those sin stains are being washed those away. Those sin stains. Yes. Now those sin stains, they're completely gone from our spirit. Yeah. But our soul still remembers. So we need the word and the Holy Ghost to teach. Think about this. The Holy <laughs> Spirit really just wants to teach us how to live as heaven already knows us. I think I think about it like this sometimes. And I know this is a very natural example. What you ever have on a white shirt and you're eating something that's got like a red sauce on it and you drop it on the shirt, you wipe the sauce away, right? You may even go and wash the shirt, right? But that stain is still there. And when that stain is there, it can be a small stain on an entire white garment. But what do you see? The stain. You see the stain. And so what God wants to do is he wants the word of God. He's, he's already washed us. We're born again, right? The sanctification process is getting, the, is getting the removal of that stain away. That's what the word does. The word helps to get that wrong thinking I had that was attached to that stain, right? I, I, I got a stain of rejection. And, and, and even That's though good, even babe. though you tell me that God loves me and that washes the garment of my heart, the stain is still there. Well, what the word does is the more you word I get it. in me, the more word I get in me, the more that stain gets removed. And now before you know it, I done spent 365 days with God telling me that he loves me. And now this garment is as white as it can possibly be. You can't see that stain no more. So when people say, oh, my God, you don't look like what you've been through because I've been washed with the word. 
I've, I've let God do his, I let, I let the word do the work. <laughs> I let the word do the work. And if you think about it, if you've ever removed a stain from a white shirt, mm -hmm. sometimes you got to treat it with shout yeah. or spray and yeah. wash more yeah. than once. Yeah, yeah. You so treat you wipe it off, yeah. right? Then you take it off and then you spray it and then you let it set for a little That's while right. and then you rub it That's and then right. you wash it and then you take it out and sometimes you have to do it again. That's that John 15 pruning yeah. that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do with Absolutely. us, right? Absolutely. So we get better and he says, oh, you did a great job. You didn't cuss them out. He says, but now I want to work on the fact that you still cussed in your heart, yeah. right? right? And then he right. works on right. that right there and he keeps on allowing that word, that word to wash us. It is the word that washes us and transformation transforms us. Why? To get to number four. Yeah, which is our glorification. Our glorification. God, what God, somebody I'll put this in the comment section. Say, God wants to glorify me. God wants to glorify Now, what does it mean to be glorified? That doesn't mean that, that God wants you stunting on everybody and, and, and making people feel less than. We ain't talking about that. We're saying that God wants the glory of what he has promised you to be realized in your life. God wants to glorify you. Romans 8 and 30 says it like this. It says, moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, not only did he justify them or sanctify them, it says, in whom he justified or sanctified, he then also glorified. God has a process of getting us from this place of not enough not being, not feeling like we were worth anything to this place of not only cleansing us, sanctifying us, uh, washing us with his word. And then he wants us to be glorified and a representation, a bright and shining light to his kingdom. And as we meditate on El Shaddai, the thing we have to remember is to not only do, not only do we have access to all of these wonderful promises that Abraham had that allows us to live blessed, that allows us to live fruitful lives, that allows us to uh, have what Jesus has given us, allows us to be saved, sanctified, glorified, and to call God Abba. I love it. Hey, y'all pull up 1 John 4 and 17. Because this is really what glorification is as we get ready to close. You may be thinking, I want to give my life to Jesus. You can. I want to rededicate my life. I can. You can. You want to be a virtual partner. But I want you to read this scripture as we go Covenant. up. Huh. Covenant partner. Covenant partner, right? Is that this is really what glorification is. It says, herein is our love made perfect, mature, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Mm -hmm. Glorification is to look like Jesus. Yes. Glorification is to look like Jesus. So he is our creation. He is our salvation. He is our sanctification. And he is our glorification because God has one goal. And that is for his family to be reconciled and look like him. Amen. Put this in the comments. Say, I am supposed to look like Jesus. I am supposed to look like Jesus. And I think that that's so important because I don't think we've heard enough teaching that we're supposed to look like him. Mm. So when people begin to talk to us about as he is in this world, so are we. Then we go back to many of us go back to, oh, I'm just a filthy rag. No, you're not. Right. If you are born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ, in Jesus. Christ Jesus. And just like 
I expect, I expect, it's so funny. Babe teases Chris all the time. He say, Chris act just like her mama, Pastor Sean. That, she ought to look like me. Yeah. She ought to look like me. As a born again believer, I ought to look like Jesus. Yeah. I ought to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I'll cast out devils and they ought to have to go. I ought to speak to the fish and the bread and they ought to multiply. I ought to be about my father's business. I am supposed it think it not strange that I look like the daddy I come from. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so that people, and I know you don't, I know we don't have to say it, but I have to say it. So that people don't don't so that people don't become weird. I ain't talking about Chris oh, Lord, dressing Lord. like you. Come I ain't on. talking about Chris getting our hair Jesus. like you. I ain't talking about Chris uh, saying, I like my eggs like you like your eggs because I like my eggs that way because you like them. I ain't talking about that kind That's of crazy, weird. weird stuff. When I say that Chris is like you, I'm talking about in the way that she processes and thinks about things. She sounds like you when it comes to the things of God. Her heart is like yours toward God. Why? Because she spent time with you and you spent time with God in the same way that our kids are like us because they grew up in a house like us. So I have to say that because I see way too many believers. I knew you, was say <clears throat> you know, I'm never going to miss the opportunity. I see way too many believers who think that they go, okay, well, I got to be like so-and-so. So, so I got to wear a suit like them and I got to try to preach like them and I got to try to walk like them. And if they get a new car, I got to get one. Don't be weird. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you learning how to imitate the things of God, not just a person. <sighs> Not just a person. I don't want you walking around, uh, you know, you, you trying, you say, well, Pastor Edwin kind of petty. I need to be petty. No, you don't. You need to be whoever God's called you to be. Your petty may come off as mean and inst insensitive. And then you wonder why people don't like you because you're trying to do something that you ain't called to do. Just be you. Don't be weird. And I have to say that to people because I pastor people all over and I tell people, listen, you ain't got to dress like them. You ain't got to talk like them. If you don't like scrambled eggs, don't order scrambled eggs just because they ordered them. You don't have to do that. When we talk about, when I tease Chris about being like you, I am talking about some of the things that she says and does when it relates to God. All right. <laughs> you, really, you was feeling that. I just you? don't want people to do that because people hear you say that and they go, oh, well, I need to act like Chris. Or I need that. No, you don't. You need to act like you. But in acting like you, there ought to be some characteristics that we all share of Abba. There yes. should be some behaviors we all share of Abba. Yes. Amen. You shouldn't look like your father, the devil. Because <laughs> he ain't your daddy he, no more. He shouldn't be your daddy anymore. No, he ain't. If you're born again, if you're born he again. ain't your daddy. He's born again. And so you need to quit acting like you're in that house. That's right. right. That's All right, right. So we're done for today. Listen, if you want to give your life to Jesus, this is an opportunity to do it. We're going to, our key word for today, if you post a picture you, or whatever, you just be like, don't be weird. We'll don't all know what it weird. means. Like, don't be weird. Amen. The goal is to don't look like weird. Jesus. And you know, y'all, can I be honest with y'all? Y'all know Jesus wasn't weird. He was You know Jesus wasn't weird because sinners and saints talked to him. Right. He went to people's houses. He went to weddings. 
Jesus was not weird. And we don't have to be weird. We can be powerful without being weird. Now that's a whole word. You can be powerful without being weird. One of the things I love about us is we can be laughing and joking about anything. And somebody need healing, we like, let's lay hands and expect. But we, but we, you don't have to be weird. Ash, don't be weird. Yes. All right. So it's your opportunity to sow today. <laughs> It's your opportunity to sow today. We know something supernatural happens. Amen. We want to thank you, man. This is such an amazing church, such amazing partners. I love that. I don't know if you went and watched it, but you should go and watch Pastor Edwin's acceptance speech. I tried to tell him that he was going to do that speech by himself. And then especially after I had been wearing them heels, I wasn't finna walk up on this stage. My feet was hurt. But anyway, so he went up there and he did a beautiful acceptance. But the thing that I love is that he said, I want to accept this award on behalf of our partners mm -hmm. because we couldn't do this without our partners. That's right. And so we thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for every for every scholarship you've paid for. We thank you for everybody like you paid for, for the car notes. We thank you for, you know, just the, the amazing, the medication, the, the glasses. Families and domestic abuse situations. Just, we thank you for everything. everything. And what we believe, we just so believe this. We believe that whatever you make happen for others, God will make happen for yeah. you. And so I'm telling you, it. let me tell you some things that you can be sure to find. Where can you find it? It's on the FOC page. So it's on this page and it's also in the partnership groups, right? Yeah. Um, and so you can be sure of this. You have a, if you are a covenant partner here, you're a giver. You have, you have an expectation. You should, you will always have a place to live. You should always, you'll always have, have an a place expectation that you have a place to live. You will always have a running car. That's right. You will always have your electricity paid. You will your, always your, your, your have food to paid. eat. You will <laughs> always have food to eat. And because we are ministry of gifts and surprises, you ought to always be experiencing some gifts and surprises because you are a partner in gifts and surprises. Yes. Amen. Yes. So we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. We want you to make yourself available to the announcements this week. Do all the things. Do all the things. Do all the things. And you know what? As we close, we're going to do if you want to be a covenant partner, we can put the link up. Yeah. And so one of the things I want to do is I want to make sure that everybody has had a chance to. Uh, understand that I'm going to put it actually in the uh, comment section so people can see it. If you haven't had a chance, I, you know, I sent it out on all of our social media spaces, but maybe you haven't seen it. Maybe you hadn't been on social media this week. We have implemented a new partner management system. And in that partner management system, we need every single person who says that they are a partner of Fellowship of Champions to register in the new partner management system. Some of you may say, oh, I'm already a covenant partner. I, I, I hear you. What I'm saying to you is that as of March 1st, the only way we will be able to know that you are still a covenant partner, what is a covenant partner? It's what we used to call our virtual partners, but we changed the name to covenant partners because we know that covenant is so powerful. So if you want to be a covenant partner, we need you to go to that link. It is quick. It is fast. <clears throat> All you have to do is click the link. Uh, where is the link? You can access it a couple of different places. You can go to the website, which is www.focchurch.com. And as soon as you scroll down the page, about one or two, it's in the second section, there's a red link. And it says FOC Partner Registration. Click the link. Every person in your household who is a covenant partner needs to have one of those forms filled out. 
So what does that mean? Maybe you're the person in the house who fills out forms for everybody. Not a problem. It just means you need to click the link. You need to fill out the form and submit it for you. Maybe you submit it for your husband and for your kids. We ask you to fill it out in its entirety. There are certain fields that are required, some that are optional, but we, you have to fill out at least the required fields. We encourage you to fill them all out. Why? Because what it's going to help us do is to be able to communicate to you or to, or to uh, groups in our partnership community uh, more effectively. So if you haven't done it, please do. You can go to uh, any of our social media pages uh, or you can go to the website and get that done. But please, please, please. And for those of you that already did it, thank you. I think you can attest to it. If you've already done it, you can attest in the comments that it was quick, fast, and pretty easy to do. So we appreciate you for that. We love you guys. And we this is going to be much, much better. Um, you know, we, we last time we looked at our old system, I think we had around 500 and something partners. Uh, there may have been some duplicates in there. I'm not sure. Uh, but we believe that this system is going to be able to really help us track all of our partners domestically and internationally. So and we appreciate that. The other thing you need to know is when you fill out the form, there's you're going to get an email. Yes. You have to open that email and click subscribe because it's what they call. We've now gone to a marketing system so we can send out mass emails. And you, without that double authentication, we don't have the ability to do that because we, we don't want to be spam, spam and right. they can shut us down. Right. But listen, if you have teams, you want to fill out your teams. Why? Because there are things that are happening and we want to be able to communicate to everybody. So that's the reason we did it that that's way. And we point. really appreciate it. You know, if you have if you have babies, Ignite, we want to be able to send you information. <laughs> Maisie says that age bracket hurt, but I'm blessed to be in the lane of living. Listen, I'm ah. with you. I feel mine now. We was testing the pastor Ralph laughed at me and said, man, you're in the 50 group. No, <laughs> I just thought it's 50 till death. I did think that. I didn't know who came up with that, but I said 50 to death. It ain't like 50 to 65. It's 50 forever. <laughs> or whatever. It's so I, a little but I, I was happy to click it because the alternative is not being able to click it. <laughs> so we love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging with us. Please stop what you're doing. We're letting you out about 15 minutes early today. You can go and fill out the form. Come to church this week. Have a says she week. just did it. Super easy. So Good. do thank it. You. Brenda says quick and easy. If you have adult kids that are partners and they may not be here today, send them the form. Make sure they fill out the form. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we love you. We appreciate you. We want you to have an amazing week. We want you to remember that you, this is a church teaching people how to do what? Walk, Walk in love, live by faith, so that you experience, experience God's, God's prosperity in, in every area of life. Y'all have an amazing week and we'll see you in all the activities this week. God bless you. God bless you.